0: Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that can get you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And if you would like to uh, contact me in any way, you can always do that on all the contact links in the description of this fine show. And I have many contact links in there. I've added a couple, including a WhatsApp number. Uh, So I'll link. So if you are overseas, and I know I have a lot of overseas listeners, you can go ahead and uh, chat with me, I guess, on the old WhatsApp. Uh, On the show today, we're talking sound, not just any sound, but loud, obnoxious traffic noises, mainly from vehicles that have modified exhaust systems or from really loud motorcycles, those noises Especially in a small town, can really affect the residents' quality of life. There's a small town just north of Denver. It's called Longmont. It's one of several towns that are looking out, looking for ways to uh, get a hold of loud traffic noises. Because a lot of these cities, they have ordinances already in place that limit how loud you can, uh, your car can be or your motorcycle can be. And they want these loud vehicles to be quieted down. So how are they going to do it? Well, with a new camera system that also measures audio. So today on the show, I'm going to be talking with someone who knows audio maybe better than anybody else in the entire world. Ruben Peckham. Now, Ruben is the director uh, and principal consultant for a company out of the UK called 24 Acoustics. And I'm going to be talking to him about their sound capturing camera and uh, how they record loud drivers so cities can try to get a hold of this problem. So um, it's going to be an interesting conversation, I'm I'm pretty sure. All right, so this news story is out of Los Angeles, and and it pinged my inbox the other day. It's from a TV station, KTLA. I'm sure you've heard of that station. Pretty uh, legendary station in Los Angeles. And this is how the story reads. As it turns out, drivers who wait until the very last second to merge aren't jerks after all. An increasing number of states, Utah being the latest, have enacted laws that actually require drivers to wait until the last second. Other states actively encourage it. Why? Because it works. The so-called zipper merge might seem counterintuitive. One could even argue that it is human nature to get angry at drivers who pull in front of them. However... When it comes to construction zones, lane closures due to crashes and other issues that block lanes during high traffic periods, experts say zipper merge approach keeps traffic flowing better and is much safer. All right, so this this is me now. Uh, uh, this is again a story from KTLA. Uh, that is all true. It does make traffic better. The zipper merge is a great way to get through a traffic jam faster and safer, more efficiently, but the problem is nobody will do it. Nobody's going to do it because people are people. All right, back to this article uh, from KTLA. Study after study shows the zipper merge is the safest and most efficient way to merge in work zones and heavy traffic, says Kurt E. Gray, a director of driver training with AAA. To do so, use all lanes fully until you reach the end of the lane, then alternate into the open lane. It does take some uh, cooperation, but it maximizes road space and helps keep things moving. Uh, Kurt you said it takes some cooperation. It takes all cooperation. And if everybody's not cooperating, it won't work. And that's why it will, in theory, it works great. But in practicality, it'll never work, right? Because cooperation. Back to the article. When drivers anticipate, plan for, and cordially allow drivers to merge into their lane at the end of their drivable road, traffic continues to flow smoothly. See? Cordially. That's never going to happen. However, when drivers try to merge early, experts say it causes cars in other lanes to slow down. Sometimes suddenly this increases the risk of accidents. It also creates pockets of valuable unused roadway ahead of them. Zipper merging can reduce delays by up to 40% in heavily congested areas, according to studies conducted by the Colorado Department of Transportation. For now, and for whatever reason, California isn't interested. Caltrans is aware of the zipper merge, but we are not studying or researching it. We are not promoting it to the public. That from a Caltrans spokesperson who sa- spoke to KTLA. All right. That entire article is from a person named Mark Sternfield with KTLA. Interesting uh, about Mark. I worked with Mark here in Denver and uh, when he was a producer uh, he most recently was the news director for a TV station, I think a Scripps TV station in, La- in Salt Lake City. And so I'm sure this story came from one of his most exper- uh, most uh, recent experiences driving in Los Angeles now that he's moved there and he's working for the digital department for KTLA. A- and yes, the zipper merge does work. But as I said, when done right and when done in cooperation, The problem is drivers are never, ever, ever, never, ever going to let it work properly. Why? Because they're all too self-absorbed when they're driving. Humans are selfish. When they're in their car, they turn into something else. How dare you get in front of me? Uh, Yes, it's not going to take any real time away from, from my travel, but you will not get in front of me. I was here first. It's just the way people react when they're driving that will never allow the zipper merge to work properly. I talk about it on television all the time. You will get through the traffic jam faster. Go all the way to the choke point. Don't try to get over early. Use that entire lane of travel. It's allowing all the traffic behind you to filter in there, and then you're going one, 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 but nobody is going to allow it to work and get everybody moving through there fast, uh, uh, quickly. Um, it, it's, it's so frustrating when you have a system that will work well, but people won't allow it to happen. Uh, it's so also interesting how Utah actually passed a law to require zipper merging and California says, no, thanks. <laughs> We're not interested. This is not something that we think Californians are ready for. Um, the actual wording of the law in Utah says the operators of merging vehicles must use both lanes of traffic until the vehicles reach the merge point. And once the vehicles reach the merge point, alternating yielding the right-of-way into the single traffic lane. Part 2 of that law says an operator of a vehicle shall use the zipper method when merging at a congested merge point. Failing to merge at the merge point could result in a fine of up to $750. That's serious. <laughs> that is a serious. You will zipper merge. You will learn how to zipper merge. And if you don't zipper merge, that's seven hundred and fifty bones coming right out of your wallet. And that's a that's that's a hefty fine right there. Um, but again, California not interested. Uh, they've tried to educate some people here. in in Colorado, but in in other states as well, there's one sign I know of uh, coming from one highway ramp to another that says, use both lanes to the merge point. Um, But does anybody follow that? Of course not. And will they follow it? Of course not. (laughs) It's so frustrating. Uh, That law is a really good start. Uh, I think education, constant education and uh, signage would be good too. I'd like to see uh, one of the state lawmakers actually here in in Colorado pick up this idea uh, and run with it and and um, and copy that Utah law and put it here. Or put it in most states. I would like most states to do something like that, and then we could start seeing traffic move a whole lot better. All right, sound is a key part of life, right? It can be wonderful. like right now, as you're listening to this podcast, or it can be terrible. Like if you were caught in a busy urban area with trucks and cars and honking horns and revving motorcycles and screaming people. Well, there are many towns that are trying to limit the sound that comes from vehicles, especially trucks and motorcycles. But what's the best way to quantify that level of noise. Well, being a curious guy, I I wanted to know that answer, so I invited one of the premier experts in audiology to be here on the show with me. Ruben Peckham has both an undergraduate and a postgraduate degree in engineering acoustics and vibration from the Institute of Sound and Vibration Research at Southampton in the UK. That's quite a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) He's a chartered engineer and a corporate member of the Institute of Acoustics, has nearly 20 years of experience in the industry, research, and consulting consultancy in acoustics, noise, and vibration. Ruben, that's quite the impressive resume. Thanks so much for being here on the World Famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Ruben. So before we get into the uh, equipment and and all the stuff that you use to measure traffic noise and other sounds, tell me how you became interested in sound and audiology. There has to be a spark, right? Back in your childhood, maybe? Well, well, yeah. So um,
1: as a child, I was a musician. So I played the piano, played French horn um, and trumpet and uh, also interested in science. And it seemed like kind of a way to try and combine the two although in practice it wasn't really but certainly working in acoustics it's good to have um it's good to have a, a musical ear because you you listen to things and you have that kind of background and that training so yeah that's that's my background
0: oh interesting my my one of my daughters plays french horn as well so i i okay. know i know how difficult right. it can be to get those Happy right part. notes yeah. yes absolutely <laughs> but it, yeah, it's yeah, a beautiful yeah. instrument when you get those notes right it is a beautiful get right that's right absolutely yeah. So you must yeah. have, you know, I, I co- found it forever ago back on the Internet, but you must have that BBC collection of every sound clip and sound effect that they've ever had, right?
1: <laughs> uh, possibly. Some of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah.
0: I also found it interesting in your bio that you're sometimes called as an expert witness in court as part of a uh, environmental or planning acoustics. Tell me about yeah. some of that.
1: Uh, OK, well, in the UK, um, it may be different in the US, but in the UK, if you want to build a new building or a new road or a new railway, uh, you need um, what we call planning consent. Uh, noise is very often material in that. So we have to demonstrate that the noise impact will be OK. We have to en- engineer it to be OK. Um, and sometimes it's not straightforward and it goes beyond the normal the normal uh, channels and can end up in court. Um, so yeah, we give evidence um in court. And we also work with um people that have suffered hearing loss in industry. So people that have worked in noisy factories in mines and whatever have been deafened by noise and they're seeking uh compensation for um uh, you know for industrial deafness. So that's another part of my expert witness work.
0: Interesting. And and I saw a, a BBC report where you were a part of and you were measuring the aircraft noise in someone's home that's right near one of the airports and you could really tell how loud the airplanes were uh, during a certain part of day and it was really inter- interrupting your sleep and affecting your life in a huge way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was uh if it, I think that was for the um the third runway at Heathrow yeah, which right. um has was proposed but hasn't happened. Uh and they found this remarkable story of this little old lady who was about 90 who uh lived very very close to the airport and she'd lived there for about 75 years, uh, from the days before it was an airport. And uh, and literally, I think she said that in the 70-odd years she'd lived there, she'd had her roof redone three or four times because, you know, the, yeah. the vortex from the jets, right. the jets are that close that it, you know, strips herself yeah. <laughs> yeah. strips her roof. So you can imagine the noise. Yeah, it was pretty... And, and and at Heathrow, I mean, they don't. In theory, they don't fly at night, but they they stop at about one a.m. and then they start again about four thirty a.m. So you get about three or four hours of peace, and that's it. So it's pretty, it's pretty, and it's every two or three minutes. It's pretty relentless.
0: Yeah, sound can really affect your life. My guest is Reuben Peckham. He's twenty-four hour acoustics director and principal consultant. I'll have links to him and uh, all that they do at twenty-four acoustics in the uh, description of this show. So bringing all of this to what's happening here in the United. United. United States, the the small town of Longmont, which is just on Mm. the north side of Denver, they're going to be installing one of your sound uh, capturing camera technology equipment there over the course of a four-week trial period to get a handle, they say, on excessive automobile noise and motorcycle noise and truck noise throughout their city, especially along Main Street. Let's first talk about the equipment itself. What is it and how does it work? What does it look like?
1: Okay, well, it's a um, it's a noise monitor. At its base, basic, it's a noise monitor uh, and it, uh, it has a couple of cameras um, fitted to it. So the cameras are sort of 180 degrees to each other. So one looks up the road and the other one looks down the road. Um, and it just has some um, IT and some technology in there that um, effectively detects, there's an algorithm, it detects excess noise, so excess revving, um, modified mufflers, uh, that kind of sound. And when it detects that sound, it triggers and it records, because um, records the noise level, uh, it records the audio and it records the associated video. That all gets uploaded into the cloud and then the user logs in through a web browser, and they can review the data look at the noise level look at the video and they can look at you know what's happened and work out if they consider that to be a violation or not so you know is somebody driving with a modified exhaust or modified muffler are they over revving driving excessively are they going excessively fast etc and they can you know make a decision and issue a fine issue a warning however they want to do it depends on the laws in the area
0: it sounds a lot like what we've seen here in the <laughs> united states the uh, cameras that will capture somebody speeding or going through a red light—it seems a lot like Absolutely. that. Yeah, it's 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 the noise equivalent of a speed
1: camera, effectively. It,
0: yeah, is it mounted on something on a pole, or or can it be moved around? Does it have to be it, it, you know, stationary? Um, yeah, I mean,
1: it is it is mounted. So it's um, typically we we quite often mount them on lampposts because they need power. So it's very easy to tap the power off the lamppost. So uh, street furniture, a column, effectively, um, four to five meters up in the air. Um, and yeah, it just sits there,
0: does its thing, uh, quietly looks away and, uh, catches the people that make too much noise. Yeah. How sensitive is the recording equipment? Can it capture things at very low decibels or, or do you have to set it to where it's only going to capture something over a certain decibel level?
1: It's um, it's more the latter. I mean, it's it it can be programmed to do all kinds of stuff, but when it's in this kind of um, set up for this kind of application, it's it's um, it's it's detecting really excess high levels. So you're talking, you know, you if you're you're talking very very significant increases in level. Somebody revving an engine as they drive past at high speed. So it's a very quick up and down in noise level, and it's picking up that kind of sound.
0: And 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 the equipment can really determine what vehicle it's is causing that sound even if there are several vehicles in the same area yeah it
1: usually can yeah it usually can you can normally tell by the character of the sound you can tell by the time the the time resolution of the camera is very fine so it's down into milliseconds um so you yeah you uh, probably 98 percent of the time you can you can identify the vehicle yeah
0: how how does that machine or the equipment quantify the data is is it all in decibel levels does it have a certain peak to it does it is it almost like a wave where i can see where the high peak and low peak and
1: absolutely so you see and i can sorry excuse me i can (laughs) demonstrate it to you actually if you if you want but yeah it's um it records the video you play that the video and at the same time it shows a time history so it shows a trace showing the variation in noise level as the vehicles move past the camera so and yes it's it's a decibel level yeah
0: so, how much do these cost? It seems like this is going to be a pretty pricey piece of equipment. Do you do you sell these things or are they leased?
1: Uh, both, yeah. And pricing, I'm afraid, is commercially sensitive, so okay. <laughs> I, can't go, okay. I can't go there. Sorry, but yes, we sell them and we lease them. Yeah.
0: And, and then, when you collect the data, is it stored on, a, let's say, an SD card, and then, or, or is it, like you said, maybe does it? I think you said it maybe goes up straight, to the straight, cloud
1: straight, and straight. So it's 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 on the 4G network and it's straight into the cloud. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! So it could be almost instantaneous. Somebody could—it's it, it's real time. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody's there around the uh, around that area, they live near there. They call their police department, say there was somebody with a really loud or there were a bunch of motorcycles that just went by and they're they're annoying me. They they could almost know instantaneously. Yep there there was a group of motorcycles and we see him on this camera and maybe we can dispatch somebody over there to him possibly
1: yeah possibly i mean uh, um but of course the other way of capturing them is you y- you know you have you have the video of the vehicles so you should be able to trace them from their license plate at a later date anyway but yes that that is possible as well and we have talked to some of the police authorities in the u.s regarding technology in the patrol car so that, you know patrol car waits further down the, down the road and then can can uh can act when uh when when alerts is received
0: could, could you put the equipment let's say in a patrol car so it could be mobile
1: um it would need to be so high above the ground but you can put it in a van yeah so in new york city we have uh, we have cameras in new york city and they have they have had some portable ones as well but really they're best they're best at, at, at static locations really
0: because that way you could probably get a controlled sample of the inert audio that's in the area and then do you you can probably take some of that out and then you just have the clean audio of of the events oh, right
1: we we can, but we don't need to. The, okay. the, typically, the offense is so loud relative to the ambient level that it's not necessary. It's very, very obvious.
0: Interesting. My my guest is Ruben Peckham. He's 24-hour acoustics director and principal consultant. We're talking about sound capturing cameras and recording uh, loud drivers. You know, this the, the city of Longmont believes that this could be the first camera in the western United States like this that's recording video and sound. It, definitely the first in Colorado. How does that make you guys feel there at uh, 24 uh, 24 acoustics um, uh, you know yeah how- i it's,
1: it's yeah it's something we're quite proud of i mean we we started uh in london um so there was demand uh, there was a particular issue in london with um people in kensington which is a very wealthy part of london uh, driving supercars uh, in in residential roads um sort of late at night Uh, And that's where it all started. Um, And then there was some press attention and media attention from that. That was about three years ago now, I think. Um, And from there, I mean, there's a lot of interest in, in our products in the U.S., uh, so at the moment we have cameras in New York and um, Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, one about to go into Miami as well, Miami Beach, and and then um, and then Longmont. Um, but probably every week I'm talking to two or three different cities in the US, places I've never heard of very often actually. Like Longmont, I have to say. <laughs> um, but um, um, yes, yeah, so, so yeah, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's great. It's it's, it's, it's great that uh, you know we've come up with something that uh, has so much interest.
0: As you mentioned, there are a lot of other cities in the United States where it's starting to catch on. And once one city does it, then another one will do it. They'll hear about yeah. it from place yeah. to place. Uh, what other cities, more specifically, have you heard from that are looking at this technology?
1: Uh, well, Miami Beach, as I said, yeah.
0: um, I think is Vale, Colorado.
1: Yes, Vale, yeah. um, yeah, so Colorado. I mean, California, um, a lot of areas in California. Um there are others but I can't think of what
0: <laughs> Yeah you were, you were mentioning that it was starting off in these wealthier areas there of London but you would think typically they would have a car or or vehicles would go through these areas that would have uh better exhaust systems and and they would be sensitive to noise obviously but in Uh, lower economic areas you would think that there would be more trucks and more motorcycles and more cars that do not have the same kind of dampening equipment maybe or or up-to-date equipment in their cars so wouldn't noise be more of an issue for those folks
1: uh yeah and also very often um you know very often modified you see in the sort of the more deprived areas perhaps more sort of modified exhaust modified muffler systems um aftermarket aftermarket systems uh which you know are can be significantly noisier than the, you know, the production vehicles. Uh And yeah, I mean, yes, it's, it's varied. I mean, it depends on area to area. I mean, I mean, in Kensington where we started, it was, it was noise from Lamborghinis and Ferraris that was the shit. Um, and yeah, you're right. There's
0: massive extremes. Totally. Uh For some yeah. people, they love the sound and, and I don't know it, If you have a lot of Harley Davidson lovers there in the UK, but we we obviously have them here in the United States and and they (laughs) love them. And, and to me, it is one of the most annoying sounds there is, even though they love them and they'll say loud pipes, save lives and, and, and all of that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But when it comes to living sound can be a real factor to your enjoyment of, of your, of your life and your environment. Right. Absolutely. So, you know,
1: your home, I don't know if it's the saying use in the US, but in the UK, some people say your home is your castle. Uh, and, um, you know, if, it, you know, the, that enjoyment of your home can be really compromised by, and not just noise from vehicles, but all kinds of different, you know, music, people shouting in the street, all kinds of uh, different sounds. So, yeah, and, you know, it causes, obviously, you know, the obvious, you um, the obvious health effects of that are, you know, stress and sleep disturbance. But that can, you know, prolong stress and sleep disturbance, and it can get more serious and get into the cardiovascular issues and strokes and heart attacks and all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, there is, you know, it's there's a well, you know, there's a well documented uh, link between noise exposure
0: and, you know, and proper, you know, serious medical health conditions. And, and from from your perspective, you listen to things all the time. You know what should be a comfortable uh, level of of hearing right so how loud is too loud for the average person is it a a train horn is it just the passing car is it a jet engine is it a football match at web at wembley i mean what what is too loud it's
1: it's really subjective so you know the definition of noise is unwanted sound so you know somebody's somebody's heavy metal That somebody really likes might be too loud at the same level for the next person you know it's just very subjective but I suppose what we do all have in common is is uh you know the, the point you know you have a you have levels of annoyance and tolerance but then above that you have levels that can cause pain or cause hearing loss and Um, I mean, that starts that's 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 what we call a dose relationship. So it's not just the level, but it's also the duration that you're exposed to it that can cause physical harm to your ears and, you know, and, and compromise your ability to hear. That's typically starts at about 85 DBA over sort of an eight-hour period. So when I said to you before about uh, legal work that I do for people that have been deafened or potentially deafened, um, you know, in a work environment, in a you know, factory or down a mine or steelworks, um, that's the sort of level we're looking for. Yeah, 85 dBA, average over eight hours, over, but over a, a long period of time, you know, not a working lifetime, but maybe over 10 years. So, but, it, but from day to day, I mean, you know, to, to quantify something, you know, your bedroom at night, probably about 30 25 to 30 a nice quiet bedroom um, and you know it it goes it goes from there
0: is there a something as too quiet
1: um I guess for some people, I think it's subjective. I think there probably are people that are probably, uh, you know, struggle in, uh, you know, in a very quiet environment. Uh, and others, obviously, they're the, the opposite. It, I think, you know, as humans, it's what makes it interesting. You know, we're, we're all so different. Uh, and how we respond, uh, you know, varies from person to person.
0: Can the ear, if we are exposed to that kind of loud sound for a long time 80 85 you said decibel levels over a long period of time for many weeks or many months or many years can can the hear can the ear repair itself
1: uh no it can't it, it for excess exposure to noise no it can't so this is the thing that you know um big employers you know that have hearing conservation uh, policies for their staff this is a, a message that they always try and hammer home which is that what well, you know once the damage is done it doesn't. It does. not You know, it's permanent. It's not. It's it's not reversible. So no. You know, and whether that's you know whether that's working in a mine or a works or whether that's you know just going to see, you know, Metallica, you know, <laughs> at <laughs> Wembley Stadium. You know, um, so yeah, you've got to be, or, or even playing French horn in an orchestra. You right. know, that's you know, yeah, absolutely
0: right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and 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 traffic noise. Can be very very loud. I I know that from standing next to a freeway doing live reports or or, yes. or, or right yeah. and and it it can affect your hearing in a lot of different ways and probably also contribute to hearing loss just being near not only a a, a roadway just a regular roadway but especially during uh, when you're living next to a highway or an interstate.
1: Um yeah, I mean it would have to be very, very high levels to affect to, to cause you hearing loss. So but you know, traffic noise is more likely to cause you, you know, stress, anxiety, sleep disturbance, and you know, mix all that together and keep it going for long enough and you know it leads into you know, higher blood pressure and cardiovascular stuff, and all that, and all that kind of thing.
0: But I think there's probably not,
1: probably not hearing loss.
0: Really, because I I thought there was th- there's some highways and and maybe motorways there in the UK and interstate highways here in the United States. If you're close enough, I mean, it is loud. I would think it's over eighty five. Yeah, if EVs, you're close yeah. enough, yeah. If you're close enough,
1: but somebody, li- I mean, like, I mean, I can imagine for you, if you, you know, if you're stood beside a highway giving a news report, that's going to be that is going to be pretty pretty high. But for most of us, from day to day, we're probably not, you know we're probably not going to be in that location for you know at all or, or, right.
0: if, or if so for a very short period of time right yeah so it is that longer period of time it's a longer exposure yeah yeah I- isn't it intermittent noise the problem with traffic if if traffic was just flowing all the time same level same frequency wouldn't that be less noticeable than intermittent traffic noise yeah.
1: absolutely yeah yeah so the character of the sounds can make a big difference so uh you're absolutely right so traffic noise you know if i can hear it there's a fairly busy road behind me that my office is on um and you know steady continuous that is potentially less annoying at the same level than a different type of noise which may have specific character. so it might be intermittent or it might have tonal characteristics or it might be impulsive so yes you're absolutely right
0: <clears throat> so when you're measuring all this different sound. Does it have to be on a single lane roadway? Can it be on a multi-lane roadway? So let's say you have three lanes on a major roadway, could you still pick out the vehicle you think that is causing um, the sound issues?
1: You can potentially. It's more effective on a it's it's more it's more effective on a single lane. Um and of course it's designed to protect residences. So it's designed, you know, it's there to protect people living in 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 properties so you know i would say well certainly in the uk there are the majority of of housing is sort of you know fronts onto single lane roads you know we don't have many we don't have much housing here that's straight onto three or four lane highways possibly different in the us um but yeah it still does work you know it 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 becomes more complicated as you add more vehicles and more lanes in but yes it potentially it it still is semi-effective in that kind of environment as well but better in a simpler single lane environment
0: if you ever want to see crazy highway then go to atlanta where two interstates i-75 and i-85 come together right in downtown atlanta it's basically eight lanes across both on the northbound and the southbound side it is just it it really is ridiculous how many lanes of traffic yeah yeah, yeah, right there in downtown atlanta and it's it's quite to be the sight to behold Okay, and it's busy. It's it's uh, those lanes are full. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. During the rush hour, they are full (laughs) (laughs) in downtown Atlanta. All right, my guest is uh, Ruben Peckham. He's uh, the principal consultant and director there at Twenty Four Acoustics in the UK. And we're talking about uh, their sound recording, capturing cameras and equipment, and loud drivers. So there has to be a way, not just to identify the offender and then try to get them to get a quieter vehicle there also has to be a way for some folks who live near highways or especially if they're hearing traffic noise all the time like you said near your office there has to be materials and there has to be some kind of technology that maybe your your service is helping with that will be able to dampen those sounds what are some of the best sound dampening uh, uh, you know pieces of equipment or or is it blinds is it new windows what what helps dampen that sound
1: yeah so i mean um you know you'd start with screening perhaps so you know for example the road behind me if i if we built a you know a, a, an acoustic barrier between the road and my office that would excuse me <coughs> that would help um once you get beyond that then yeah you're looking at you know potentially glazing you know the the obvious path from for sand to get from outside to inside is through the windows so you can you know you can you can get all kinds of specialist acoustically rated glazing, um, various laminate glazings, various secondary glazing systems, bigger air gaps. Um, The disadvantage with that is you still have to get air into the building. So buildings here are probably less air conditioned and less ventilated, mechanically ventilated than yours are. So it's a problem. It's a problem in this country because you expect people to close their windows and you get them specialist glass and it keeps the noise out. But then they overheat, or they don't have adequate ventilation. So it, it requires a more kind of integrated approach um, uh, to that. But yeah, so yeah, you know, acoustic barriers, glass. There isn't a lot more soft when you're inside. Soft furnishings absorb the sound, so carpets, you know, cushions, um, curtains, that kind of stuff. Uh, in in office environments, you get um, acoustically absorbent ceilings um, that that do the same job.
0: The previous owners of my home, what they did is. Put up a bunch of trees in the back, thinking that that Perfect. was going to help dampen some of the sound. And I think it does a little bit, but obviously in the winter time there are trees that with that that just have the branches, no no leaves on them. You can Do, see straight through, <laughs> straight yeah. through them. Uh, yeah. Doesn't earth like an earth berm? Wouldn't that work better? Is 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 there yeah. other earth materials yeah. or natural materials to help reduce noise? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean,
1: actually, I mean, there's um, your your. Um, your predecessor at your home um, probably uh, thought he was doing something clever, but actually trees don't really, even when they're in leaf, don't really cut out the sand. Uh, they need to be very, very dense and very thick to, to do it. Um, but what they do, there are studies that say, although what they do is they eliminate line of sight, so you can't see the vehicles going to and, to and forth there. Uh, and because you can't see them, your brain thinks that they're not as noisy. But actually, if you were to measure it, you know they, they still are. Um, but yeah, I mean, earth buns. To be honest, I mean, any material will act as an acoustic barrier, providing it has sufficient density. So, brick wall, good quality fence, earth buns, yeah, all of that stuff.
0: Uh, and you mentioned acoustic barriers. Uh, I would think that there has to be some type of balance between an acoustic barrier if you if you build it 100 feet high sure that'll be great but then you can't see through it and, and you feel like you're in prison so there isn't there a, a balance there between uh, a, an acoustic wall that would keep out the sound but also give you some kind of a aesthetic uh better view something to look at yeah yeah i mean it,
1: it, there is a balance and uh, i mean to be effective as an acoustic barrier it needs to eliminate line of sight so if you're living beside a busy highway um, and you want to build a wall or a fence to cut the sand out, you need to eliminate the line of sight. So you want to stop. You want, if you're if you're stood in your window and you're looking down to the highway, you want your, your your barrier to be sufficiently high so you can't see anything anymore. And and once you've done that, you've kind of optimised um, the best that you're going to get out of that barrier. And after that, the sand diffracts over the top. So it comes up and then back down.
0: And So so if I lived, let's say, 100 yards away from, or 100 meters <laughs> away from, let's say, a roadway, then a, a 10-foot barrier, the sound's just going to travel right over that, and I'm going to hear it, but maybe somebody living much closer could yeah, still hear I mean, that probably, sound. It, 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 it'll be more effective
1: the closer you are to
0: it, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are, are there yeah. ways to design... Materials, maybe it's, does metal work better than plastic, better than uh, something that's covered Um, in in carpet, you know, if I had it outside?
1: not well uh, yes and no i mean it's um it's down to surface density so it's down to the density of the the material but what you do get sometimes is reflections from so you can get a a sound reflection from another another surface opposite which will send the sand over the top of the barrier so sometimes you'll get barriers which are absorbent so they're made of absorbent materials so they might they i'm trying to think what they'd be made of um externally but um we would call it yeah, mineral wool with a kind of a, a cover over it, so the sound, some of the sound doesn't just bounce off it; it actually gets absorbed um, in, into it.
0: Our, our department of transportation here in Colorado has been replacing some wooden uh, sound barrier walls right up against the highway with more concrete, stable walls mm-hmm. that are that are thicker, but they're concrete. So I, I but I, I would think a concrete wall would would bounce sound more than a wood wall that would more absorb it. Or am I off base on that?
1: No, I mean potentially, but it's going to it's going to send the sand in the opposite direction. If you think about it, it's going to send the sand in the opposite direction. So it depends what's on the other side. Of Another the concrete wall. So they're it's going to bounce. Yeah, it's not great then, actually. To be honest, it's going to. They may have. They, they may have gone to concrete just because it's. You know, it'll last a lot. You know, it'll last forever. It doesn't maintain it. Whereas a fence, you know, a timber fence will need looking after. I don't. I don't know, but yeah, certainly two parallel surfaces with a highway in the middle. Which are both reflective, like concrete would be acoustically reflective. Not great, really. No.
0: Obviously, they didn't consult you uh, when they were building this. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> but I would think that I would think that a lot of uh, departments of transportation, whether it's here in the United States or or around Europe, would would want to consult with with folks like you who who do listen for a living and can determine where the sound is going to go before they start building uh, things that are worth millions of dollars.
1: Well, I'm sure they do. I mean, there's plenty of companies like mine in the U.S., so I'm sure, you know, and they probably even have their own people internally that do this stuff for them. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they've got their reasons.
0: My guest is Ruben Peckham. He's with 24 Acoustics, director and principal consultant there. I've always heard, and I, I you know, hearing, <laughs> I guess enjoy the pun, uh, that asphalt no. is quieter as a road surface than concrete. Uh, yep. and, and the, it, why is asphalt quieter than concrete?
1: Well, the main reason actually, well, there's several reasons. As, as, asphalt is is more absorbent, so it's tire noise. And once you get to a certain speed, um, then it's tire noise. Well, tire noise and aerodynamic noise from cars that that dominates the noise from the engine, the powertrain, sort of is irrelevant at that, you know, at that speed. Which is why why electrically powered cars are very very quiet at low speeds, but at high speeds, highway speeds. 60 70 80 miles an hour they're no quieter than a combustion engine car because of the aerodynamic sound and because of the tire sound um but the other thing with concrete roads is they're sectional so they're built in sections so they cast you know they pour a, they pour a slab of concrete you know it's a certain area and then they pull the next one and they pull the next one so you get this bump 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 as you drive as you drive along them whereas asphalt obviously is continuous
0: And maybe you don't have this problem in the UK as much as we do here, but there are folks who like to have big trucks that are raised up and then they put the huge tires on there. And and those, as you said, tires are a huge uh, creator of noise.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I mean, we don't have those kind of trucks here, but I've seen them on my trips to the US. So yes, I do know what you mean. And yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah.
0: Is there any way to make, Those quieter, or is it just that you have that tire and that's going to be loud, or are there ways to create a tire that does create less noise?
1: I think there probably are, but I think I mean, I don't, I'm a bit outside my area of expertise, but I think that tire technology is sort of a compromise between, you know, grip. You know uh, actually being able to stop if you need to and uh and actually also spray and visibility you know this sp- when it, when the road's wet how much spray it casts up and then how you know visible the road is for the for the, the drivers behind and, and then also noise and you know it's all of those thrown into their mix and i guess you know under some circumstances noise maybe is less important than fundamentals like safety you know you know friction and being
0: able to stop <laughs> because that brings on a whole different kind of noise the sound of a crash yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. I've been driving an electric car for the last ten years or so, and oh, it wow. does, okay. and it does make it's a Chevy Volt, and so it has the generator in the front, so it can generate electricity. But it's always on electric, and it is quieter than a regular internal combustion mm-hmm. car. And yeah. there's and and each car that's electric now, they all have a little bit of a different. Hum, if you will, uh, it's it's almost there's a certain pitch that that a Tesla has compared to a BMW compared to a whatever. All of sure. them seem like they're a little bit different. Is is that just from their battery technologies or do you know how uh, all the all the different sounds I, come from I, these different cars? I don't know. I don't know whether they are
1: just the natural sound of the car and the the electric motors or whether that's something that is artificially put in, because I have a Polestar, which is uh, all electric. And, uh, you know, they all get um, over-the-air updates, software updates. And a few months ago, mine got an update, and I, I just thought it was going to be, you know, like improved Spotify or something like that. But it, but when I reverse now, it pings when I reverse, yeah. which it didn't used to do, which is obviously a, a safety feature. So uh, they do introduce, I know for a fact they do introduce artificial sound, but when you're moving forward at low speed, I don't know whether that's just the car or whether it's something that's put in artificially for safety. I don't know.
0: So with all of these electric vehicles, cars, motorcycles, I know Harley-Davidson is is going that way as well, at least they're trying to uh, expand their electric cars. Is is that going to put this part of your business out of business if nobody has a revved up car or a revved up engine or, or well I, I don't i don't think so not for a while i think i think it'll probably
1: see me through to retirement uh, we'll see <laughs> i mean uh, i i think i mean um they're not going to build combustion engine cars from 2030 onwards so but i think my theory is that it's going to be this kind of crazy group of people who are going to just be absolutely obsessed with the old classics, which may not be very old, but they happen to have a pe- you know gasoline petrol engine. So I think now I think it'll I think it'll it's the, the cities aren't suddenly going to fall silent. in you know, in the next decade, it's going to take a lot. It, they, it will happen eventually. But no, it's a long way off, I think.
0: And I'm not sure if it's happening there in the UK, but here in the United States, we typically don't like being watched. Um, we <laughs> we yeah. are 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 really <laughs> yeah. really careful about our privacy and and there but there are cameras everywhere and I think people are somewhat used to it even though they don't like it. What do you say about the to, to the argument about why just stop at noise? Why why not start recording? our community roads for safety or or put cameras at every intersection to ensure that everyone stops properly or putting cameras on every interstate recording 24 7 so we can make sure no one is speeding or tailgating or or improperly changing lanes
1: well i think i think the uk is um yeah is a step ahead of that really i think we have cameras for i mean we have cameras for all kinds of things but uh, you know number eight, you you can track cars you know across counties with automatic number plate technology and uh, I mean we have bus lanes in cities here it's illegal for a car to drive in a bus lane and you can get a ticket for that you know from a camera and you know for operate you know for for operating tolls on bridges and um, it seems it seems endless um, and we all have our ring I don't know if you have them in the US but we have our ring doorbells which are very very cheap you know yeah. um, and everyone has one of those um it just seems the way I don't know it just seems the way that we've that you know that, that uh the nation has evolved, and I don't, I don't see it changing really.
0: Maybe if you've got nothing to hide, hide then there's nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> <you know. laughs> that, that's always the argument. But you know, Americans are, are different than folks who are living in in the UK or throughout the EU, and they're just. I don't know, different in that way where they don't like people. If you're going to catch me doing something, then you better darn well, you be a person catching me do something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm sure you had maybe some pushback with installing these cameras in certain cities. Have you heard complaints about uh, uh, these cameras going up?
1: um, Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we're having to be careful. I mean, our systems only, they record continuously, but they also throw away continuous, delete continuously as well. So they only actually save the data when they trigger. So that's one way that we get around get around the sort of some of the privacy concerns. So, um, you know, if you drive past like, you know, like Miss Daisy and, you know, everything's good, then it'll record, but it'll throw it away instantly. So that data is lost forever. It's only if there's a noisy event that the data is saved. And then it's only a 14 second clip. Um, so that's how we get around it. But there's um, there's quite a good YouTube video actually from a guy in New York City who was caught by one of our camera systems. Um, and in, in New York, if you get caught, um you don't get a, in London if you get caught, you get a fine in the post. that's it in New York. you have to take your car to a uh, workshop and have a formal noise test done and then if you fail the test, that's when you get fined so this guy basically he was caught he's some kind of youtuber I don't know who he is, but I think he's kind of well semi well known in that community uh so he um he uh yeah so he basically sort of filmed the process of you know getting the ticket getting the letter going to the workshop, having his car tested. I can send you the link for that if you if you want to show that. But yeah, so, you know, and he was he was quite balanced. He was, you know, his view was, you know, well, this is, you know, this is a kind of a violation of my, uh, you know, of my privacy and my rights. But he took it quite well, you know, he took it quite well. And I think he understood the, re you know, the reasons why it was there, which ultimately is to improve lives.
0: Right, exactly. To improve the lives of the many over maybe the, the desire yeah. of yeah. the one or yeah. the few, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and very often what you find with the systems is, um, you know, you might get a certain number of events and triggers per day, but very often it might only be, you might get 30 triggers in a day, but it might actually be from five different vehicles. So you've got the same people going round and round and round. So it is a very small number of people that are causing these events that are potentially disturbing a much greater number of people.
0: How how popular or are they being sold or leased in the UK, in other parts of europe in japan in southeast asia and other parts of the world well at the moment
1: we're only in the uk and the us um so nothing happening in europe nothing happening in the far east um uh and only um uh, i say only in london we have got some trials elsewhere um but uh, permanent systems in london uh i think yeah I, I i've not really seen uh too much negative press um i think the issue i mean the issue invariably is political so People complain to their local councillors, members of parliament, whoever, and they kind of force this through. And that's what's happened in, you know, it's what happened in Miami Beach. I don't know about in uh, in Longmont, but um, but uh, in Tennessee, in, um, in Knoxville as well. And uh, so generally, I do think that the community of people that stand to benefit, that want this kind of technology there to try and improve the situation is far greater than those that, uh, you know, feel that they have a kind of, you know, an automatic right to... To drive through, like you know, like crazy people in the middle of the night. <laughs>
0: That's right, uh, and, and it seems like it's it's working. If one city is doing it, then another one wants to do it. So it must be actually helping. Well, certainly, it certainly, it, right?
1: There's certainly demand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and New York. You know, New York started with one um, one camera. They're just expanding there to eight. Um, so yeah, it's um, you know, New York, New York City are leading the way in the US. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, I think it's pretty fascinating. It's going to be interesting to see this technology. Uh, working. Uh, have you already sent the camera to Longmon? Is it already in place, ready to um, go?
1: It hasn't been sent yet, but it's it's here. About to go in a box, so uh, uh, it's going in the next day or two. Yeah, and,
0: and it should probably take a couple of days or a week or so to then install. So, so you you trust yeah, at least? Yeah, it'll take a couple of days to get to you, and then. And then However, you trust whoever is gonna be receiving that package to set it up right and it's probably easy I'm to just, in, Yeah,
1: well we 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 help them. We can once the camera is talking to the to the the outside world, then we can align the cameras remotely and set the triggers and all that kind of stuff. So actually all they have to do is bolt it to the lamppost and plug it in. So it's um yeah, it's 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 fingers crossed it's it's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. just plug and play. That's the easiest way, right? <laughs> I hope so. right. yeah, if, yeah. if other cities are interested in this technology or other people are interested in learning more, where can they go for more information?
1: Um, well, we have a website, which isn't quite finished, so I can't give you the URL of that, but noisecamera.co.uk is a very basic holding page or 24acoustics.co.uk. All
0: right. I'll put the links for those websites in the description so people can easily just click right to it and get right to it. And then also it's a link for the, uh, that guy who was caught in New New York city. Yeah. I will uh, post that as well. So yeah. cool. All right. Uh, yeah. Fascinating stuff, Ruben. Uh, I, Ruben Peckham, 24-7 or 24-7. You know, it's funny. Uh, we at, at Channel 7 used to be 24-7 Weather Center and everything was 24-7 everything. So it's still uh, ingrained yeah. in my head all of the different thoughts. Uh, so whenever I see 24, I think it's 24-7, Denver 7. You know, it's the whole thing anyway. If it uh, feels 24-7 <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Ruben Peckham, yeah. 24 Acoustic Director and Principal Consultant. Thank you so much for uh, for chatting with me and, and all the information. And really, it was a fascinating conversation conversation. Thanks Jason. Again, all the links to the websites that Ruben mentioned, as well as that New York city video about the guy who was caught for having a excessively loud vehicle and having to go deal with it with the uh, New York city officials, that video as well as those uh, links are right now in the description of this show-, show. So you just go there and click any of those links and you can see it right there. Uh, when I first looked at, uh, my home, as I as I told Ruben, uh, I told my wife, I, I can hear that road. And she said at the time, oh, it wasn't that much of a problem. Oh, it's not that busy. You can't really hear it very much. You'll get used to it. But I knew the traffic was going to get worse, and it was never going to get better or get less. That, and that's exactly what's happened. There's been a lot of construction around us and new homes being constructed and more people moving in, and therefore more people driving down my road and it, it does bother me. I, I can really hear it, especially at night, up on the second floor where you can get that sound that comes in and actually, as he said, you could have sound bouncing off of one uh, surface and then going to another room. Well, it, the way the my house sits uh, towards that road, the, the sound comes in through an upper window, bounces off the bedroom door, and then right towards the bed. And I can hear everything as if I was sitting outside. So I have to change the angle of the door to reflect that sound away. So I can leave the window open, but I don't have to hear the road noise. And because it, it does, it, it bothers me. But look, first world problems, right? Um, <laughs> there isn't anything I can do about all the traffic noise. And uh, unless I um, petition the city to have some kind of... Tra- I think we do have a noise ordinance here in the city, but it's never enforced. And uh, I could b- blow up the roadway or put up giant potholes or start digging it up, but I don't think the city's going <laughs> to appreciate that very much. And I might get in a wee bit of trouble if I did something like that. So what am I going to do? Just put up with it, I guess. So so is life. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these uh, s- these cameras... Um, curb and it, it's a month long trial, as I understand it. Up in in Longmont and in, in many of these cities, they they have these cameras for a month, and then they have to the cities have to purchase these uh, systems from uh, Twenty Four Acoustics. And uh, I understand, I know, um, as I read in an article somewhere, is that uh, Ruben didn't want to say, but I I, I know they're they're upwards and and higher than twenty thousand dollars a camera, and I don't know what is included in that if there's uh the the uploading to the cloud if all that is in there or there's a separate data feed uh a fee that is a that's a part of it i know, like with my traffic system there's a fee for the uh equipment and for the software and then there's the data fee that you have to pay every single month uh for the traffic data so uh, i wouldn't doubt if there's some kind of a data fee that that goes along with these systems um but it'd be interesting to see how they work if they reduce loud vehicles. I guess uh, time will tell on that uh, on that front. Well, anyway, thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening and until next time. I'm Jason Liber the traffic guy. Be safe and as always. Happy motoring.